Welcome to the Dr. Berg's Healthy Keto and Intermittent Fasting Podcast, where Dr. Berg takes you on the journey for the truth about getting healthy and losing healthy weight. Now, out of all the cancers that someone can get, uh, pancreatic cancer is definitely one you want to avoid and you want to prevent. So it's really important to understand um, some information about the pancreas because pancreatic cancer uh, is aggressive. And by the time you know you have it, a lot of times it's spread um, to other organs and it's uh, almost impossible to reverse. So first let's go through the signs and symptoms and then we'll talk about what the pancreas does and uh, some other things that can help you avoid cancer of the pancreas. Now the number one or top symptoms are very, very vague and non-specific to the pancreas. So you wouldn't normally associate um, those symptoms with the pancreas at all because they're number one, weight loss. Number two, loss of appetite. Now, a lot of you watching have done the ketogenic diet and you've lost weight and you lost your appetite. That's completely different. We're talking about a person who's doing nothing to their diet, no changes, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, they start losing weight and they just lose their appetite. That's when you need to be aware of, hmm, something's not right. Other symptoms would be general fatigue, upper abdominal pain that radiates to your back, usually on the left side up here. Also, it could be around the back part, which is opposite to the pancreas, which is kind of like a right in the middle of the lower chest area, slightly to the left, that's where the pancreas is. It's right underneath the stomach. So you can have pain there as well. Your pain also increases when you eat food. Okay, we'll talk about why that is. Uh, you might have bloating, you might feel nauseous, you might have symptoms that you're not digesting well, which we're gonna talk about why that is. And your stool could be loose, it could be kind of greasy, uh, bad smelling, leave skid marks inside the toilet bowl. So all of these are signs and symptoms that you could potentially have uh, pancreatic cancer, but it could also be other problems with the pancreas, uh, pancreatitis. It could be something else called an exocrine insufficiency where a certain part of the pancreas that makes enzymes is not producing enzymes. We'll talk about that. It can also be inflammation of the pancreas that's caused because of the certain bile ducts and the pancreatic ducts are blocked from uh, sludge. So it may be a stone, but it may not be a stone. It could be very, very thick um, bile material because the bile material that's going through these ducts are a combination of cholesterol and bile. So you have to have the right ratio to make it flow. If you don't have enough bile, uh, the cholesterol sludge becomes thick and then it creates a pressure in the ducts and that backs up in the pancreas and that can cause the pancreatitis. What happens when you obstruct the flow of the pancreas, of things coming out, like the digestive juices, some of these enzymes can actually start to digest the pancreas itself. So your body is digesting itself and that, that's creating the inflammation. Other causes of pancreatitis would be alcohol, that's a big one, or diabetes. Now, let me just kind of explain what the pancreas does so you can kind of wrap your wits around this. And I'm gonna try to do it in a really simple way. The, the pancreas is interesting because you have two different types of glands that exist in an organ. So we have this pancreatic organ that's composed of two different types of glands. So you have the endocrine part, that's the hormone part. So the pancreas makes hormones. And then the other part is another type of gland called the exocrine 
part, and the exocrine part makes the enzymes. Most of the pancreas is exocrine, okay? Like 97% of it. So um, it produces a lot of enzymes. Like uh, per day, it might produce like eight ounces of enzymes to help you digest food. We're talking about enzymes to help break down carbohydrates, fats, with the help of bile, of course, and proteins, okay? And so every time you eat, the pancreas has to predict what you're eating and get ready and make these enzymes and then release them at the right time as the food comes from the stomach into the small intestine. So the purpose of the enzymes is to allow you to extract nutrients and fuel from the food that you eat. Now, the exocrine part of the pancreas also releases other things too, one being uh, something called bicarbonate. Now, you probably know a baking soda, that's sodium bicarbonate. Well, this is similar. It's just a bicarbonate that helps neutralize uh, the acids coming down from the stomach because uh, normally the small intestine should be slightly alkaline and the stomach should be very, very majorly acid. So we don't want that strong acid to put a hole in the small intestine as it's coming through. So your pancreas helps out and it adjusts the, the acid to make it the right pH. And a lot of these enzymes are activated when there's a certain pH, whether it's uh, alkaline or acid. So if there's some problem with your digestive system and the pH isn't right, these enzymes won't even get activated uh, because the pH is what activates them. So the bicarbonates are very, very important. So what you have to understand is the stomach is extremely, extremely acid, okay? And the small intestine is just slightly alkaline. So it's just if you look at the relationship between the two, it's, it's pretty dramatic. And this is why when you take baking soda or an antacid, or you alkalize the stomach because you're drinking all this alkaline water, you have to realize that you're diluting the stomach, which is normally supposed to be very, very acidic. So it can create major problems because at the very start of your digestion, you need that strong acid. You don't want it to be alkaline because then we actually stop the release of enzymes in the stomach, like the ones that help you digest protein. And now we have undigested protein going into the small intestine. Now, what is that gonna to do to the pancreas? It has to work like crazy to release more and more enzymes to try to make up the damage and do the work that the stomach was supposed to do. So it's really important to keep the stomach really, really acid and then allow the pancreas to release the enzymes it needs to, as well as the bicarbonates at the right time. So bicarbonates are alkaline, okay? So that's what they are. Now, we also have another part of the pancreas called the endocrine part, and that's where all the hormones are made. And they're made in these little these cells, okay? And they're scattered throughout the pancreas. And we have certain cells that make insulin, which is about 70% of all those um, endocrine glands. 70% um, is insulin, okay? And then we have other cells that make uh, another hormone called glucagon. And that kind of does the opposite of insulin. So if we look at insulin and we look at glucagon, so insulin has everything to do with storing glucose, okay? And also reducing blood sugars. So it takes glucose out of the cell and it also puts it in the storage as uh, stored sugar in your liver and your muscles called glycogen. And then when you have too much glucose, it'll then convert the glucose into fat cells, okay? And also it converts it into cholesterol and the fat is triglycerides, okay? So insulin is a storage hormone. Then we have glucagon. 
um, glucagon does the opposite. It actually releases that stored glucose. And once you do that, it releases fat for energy. So insulin is triggered when you eat and mainly carbohydrates, but also somewhat protein. But believe it or not, it's not triggered by fat or fiber. Then we have glucagon that's triggered when you don't eat. So when you're fasting, it's also triggered when you're not eating sugar and you're eating protein. So a certain amount of protein will be triggered by glucagon. So we have an interesting thing with protein because both insulin and glucagon is triggered by protein. So you have both of these hormones, whereas glucose only triggers insulin. Now, some other things that will release glucagon would be, I already mentioned protein, exercise is one. I already mentioned fasting. And so glucagon is all about... Um, extracting energy from stored glucose or stored energy as fat. And then we have some additional cells called somostatin, and that has everything to do with um, satisfying your hunger. And so if you're hungry, you're gonna stop eating. So it's kind of a, it's a, an inhibitory hormone. It kind of stops certain things from happening. And uh, then we have two additional hormones, okay? We have somatostatin and another one called pancreatic uh, polypeptide. Now don't get caught up with the names. Just realize that these two hormones um, help to inhibit uh, the other two hormones. It's kind of like, they're kind of like the brake pads. And so they're going to increase um, your feeling satisfied after you eat. So then you stop eating and they're also going to help you decrease the enzyme action. So they kind of complete the, the digestion as far as the pancreas goes. Because at some point after the pancreas done its job, we have to have something to stop these chemical reactions from occurring. So they inhibit things. So they make you satisfied. They help you get rid of your hunger. They basically suppress the gastrointestinal process. Okay. They kind of suppress the actions. So basically you have a couple hormones involved when you're eating and then you stop eating. And then also some other hormones to help complete that digestion and uh, inhibit uh, things that happen in that area of your body. Some real interesting things that you should know about. Number one, when you um, constantly increase insulin because you're eating frequently or you're doing a lot of carbs and uh, you develop insulin resistance and then eventually you develop prediabetes and then eventually you develop diabetes, okay? Um, diabetics um, start to, to have a atrophied pancreas. So if you're diabetic, the pancreas starts to get smaller, okay? And some other things happen too. You start to get destruction of both gland parts of the pancreas. So diabetes really is just a dysfunction of the glands in your pancreas. So for example, diabetes type one is the destruction of the cells that produce insulin. And even type two is a major dysfunction of the cells that make insulin, but also, and this is what a lot of people don't realize, that insulin does greatly affect the enzyme production of the pancreas, okay? So the extricant part of the pancreas is significantly affected. This is why diabetics um, over time have a lot of digestive problems. They cannot extract the fat-soluble vitamins that well from the food they eat. So they become deficient in vitamin A, which they need for the eyes, vitamin E for the heart, vitamin K, 
vitamin D. And so all of these vitamins uh, are going to be on the low side because the enzymes are not released that well. And so diabetics get bloating. They have a lot of oxidation and free radical damage going on because of the glucose that is uncontrolled. They have a lot of inflammation in the pancreas, okay? And that can lead to cancer as well as fibrosis. So you can see that when you have diabetes, it doesn't just affect the endocrine part of the gland, it affects the entire gland, which includes digestion and the enzymes that are released. And if we take a look at cancer, cancer occurs because there's damage to the mitochondria. And this damage can occur from chronic inflammation. And uh, again, insulin could be responsible for that. Diabetics have a much higher risk of getting pancreatic cancer than other types of conditions. And also, if we take a look at uh, pre-diabetic, what, what comes before that? Insulin resistance. The great majority of the population has insulin resistance. So they're kind of headed in this direction. And so this is why going on the ketogenic diet, the healthy version of the ketogenic diet, so you're also including a lot of high-density nutrition, foods with antioxidants, um, good amounts of vegetables with the vitamins and minerals and, and things like that are all really important so you can avoid getting cancer. And then we have intermittent fasting, which gives the pancreas a chance to um, heal and reset so it doesn't have to constantly work. And out of all the things that will drop inflammation, it's the fasting that will do it the fastest, no pun intended. So the big take from this video uh, that you should get is that there's one big, huge problem that keto and intermittent fasting helps you correct. And it's insulin resistance, which is at the heart of diabetes. And that's what really causes you to go into diabetes. It's kind of like the first condition that occurs before prediabetes and then diabetes. So out of all the actions that you could do to avoid pancreatic cancer, and of course, I'm assuming you don't smoke or drink a lot, or you're not being exposed to chemicals, things like that, is the healthy version of the ketogenic diet with intermittent fasting.